It's the Lakeland Sports Guys with Chris, Tom, and Stan here coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Glad to have you along for the ride. A lot of football that took place this week, and if you are a Lakeland's fan, uh, there were some great games and there were some real duds, so we'll run down some of those to go along with it. And uh, no longer am I watching Power 5 football the rest of the year. I think I'm going to go uh, with the SoCon and the Sun Belt and see. <laughs> that probably seems to see be, a lot better football. They probably will. Goodness gracious, what a weekend for the Tigers and the Gamecocks. We'll run down those as well as what's going on with Furman. Erskine uh, survived, well, didn't survive, but they played a fairly close game. Um, in that regard, as did PC. Uh, we thought PC was going to end up uh, with a big win. They end up still with uh, a bunch of uh, rushing yards to go along on top and, and just Phil Mercer as well. So we'll run down some of those games uh, for you uh, over the course of this next hour or so and see what we can come up with. First and foremost, I want to say congratulations to Kenley Thomas. Uh, she is one of the 96 Wildcats, got named to the uh, North-South All-Star Selection Team. You had that posted uh, up on our Facebook page. We want to wish her the very best uh, in all of that. What, a, what an honor it is for her to go to that North-South game. Very good honor. Like I said, as soon as I saw it, I put it up. And they were re- they were busy at ninety six today. Well, they were loading their page flap up, and I, when they load theirs up, we load ours up. So, uh. and we can't forget tonight uh, at Erskine College over in Dew West, you have Cambridge playing Lawrence Academy for a state championship. Yep, second year in a row they've come down to these two. Uh, of course, last year was a right to go to the state championship, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. this is this is the big deal in, in this regard. And Cambridge uh, not going to have the same thing that happened last year with a broken down bus or anything of that nature. So this should be a fun one for them. Uh, what, 6 o'clock, I think, is when it gets underway? I, should, that I, match. I dropped the ball. I should have called Coach and see if she didn't give us a quick interview. Last time I think we called, she was on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do that, but get out and go see Coach. And they, I'm telling you, man, to just be trying to start some stuff back over there at Cambridge, they're doing a good job. And like I said, she does golf. I think she does um, volleyball, softball, uh, softball. I mean, so they're out there, they're doing it, and they've got some students that are wanting to play, and that's what it takes, man. The desire to get out there and play a sport, and it'll come back. They'll build it back. So wishing them the best uh, going for the state championship. It'll be their first state championship uh, to go along with that. So um, big honor. We'll keep an eye on that over the course of the afternoon and the evening as well. So you can keep an eye on our Facebook page, give you details as they become available um, that's going on over there. Also, I want to say that if you are a basketball player at Greenwood High or a lady basketball player over at Emerald, tryouts are going to be taking place this Monday and Tuesday. Um, for Emerald tryouts are going to be 3:45 to 5:30 uh, over at the uh, gymnasium that is there. And for Greenwood, the JV and varsity boys will be from 6 to 7:30. JV and varsity girls will have their tryouts from 4 to 5:30 in that regard. If you have any questions, uh, simply go ahead and uh, contact either coaches if you know it. If you don't, go to GreenwoodAthletics.com or EmeraldAthletics.com, and you can go down to the basketball sections, and they'll give you all the details there. Sure will, no doubt. They'll run it down for you. Not hard. Um, biggest thing I can tell you is make sure you have your physicals on file before you go to the tryouts. You got that, so you got to sure in uh, making the tryouts as well. So, Otherwise, they won't even look at you without your physical. That's a fact. Won't even look at you. Um, and we mentioned uh, the state championship already, so we got that going on, and it is at 630. It's just kind of a heads up. In that regard, right about the same time the Greenwood Touchdown Club meets tonight. So we got that to talk about as well because, uh, what, NIL deals? No. 
Cool. Not tonight. Tonight's Hall of Fame. I threw it off. Chris Chris is so wanting to get that NL guy in here so he can. (laughs) He's got three notebooks full of questions. I know you're right here, too. But the one one I told you about, I'm going to tell you about really quick. And it's what I want to know about with NLs because we're starting to see it. I know a couple of big schools, Power Five, are starting to talk about shutting down players so they get ready for the combine and the draft. And I guess the question I'm going to pose to him is in a, on an NIL basis, if a kid's still being paid to play football and he shuts it down on his own accord to get ready for the combine, does he continue to still get his money? Because if he does, that's definitely wrong. Because if you're going to shut it down on your team and you're not going to finish the year because you're selfish and you want to do the other, I can understand you don't want to get hurt. But when you're going to let your team down again, which, like I said, NIL is about me. It ain't about we. But that was a question I am going to pose to him when we see him. And I hope it's next week so I don't forget. But I got three notebooks to answer in mind. <laughs> three notebooks of questions. <laughs> yeah. No, just that one question. So, so if, you, if you plan on coming to, the, to this one, be I don't think that to stay there for a while. I don't think that nil girl's going. She's not going to leave. It'll be midnight by the time Chris gets done with her. Somebody, no, no. I only got the no. one question, but I wrote well, it in three notebooks so I'd remember to ask her because I mean, that's something that bothers me anyway because we saw it last year a bunch. Yeah, Georgia had a ton of players that shut it down. They still ended up winning a national championship, but I want to see how, what their their philosophy is on that because it would be the equivalent of me coming to Utah, Carol. Or to me going to UPS and saying, hey, it's, it's um, Christmas season's coming up. I want my family. They're coming in. I'll see y'all at the first of the year, and I can see what my boss would tell me on that. So it's the same thing. You're a paid employee now. It's not like you're a student athlete anymore. You're paid. And I just don't think it's right that they can shut it down and continue to get their money. Or Spencer continue to ride around with Mercedes. They might have to take the Mercedes from until they go back. So, but anyway, back to what you got. <laughs> Turn it in at the end of the season, whenever whenever it comes around. Is that how it works? Run the miles up if you want. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking high school. Let's go ahead and continue on. Uh, we'll start with the game that we were at. Greenville comes into Greenwood, and we thought this was going to be a really good game from the get-go. I mean, uh, the way that Greenwood played Westside, um, as tough as the Westside game was, we ended up losing that one. We thought we'd come in, and Greenville has struggled. Let's face it, they have not had the season that they have wanted to have, and the rumors have already started again with Lawrence and Greg Porter, so there's that thrown into the mix of everything on top of it. so we, you know, we thought distraction would be a big thing for Greenville, and it turned out it wasn't. They went up by 21, and you kind of saw the gas go out after that. And that was a, it was 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Talked to a guy at the game, and he's got one of his nephews plays, and he said, "You know what? I called my brother when I got home, and I knew they were home from the game." He said, "Man, I'll continue to support the Greenwood program." He says, "But them games like that, I'm not sitting through." He said, "I love my Eagles, but I'm just not going to sit through." Yeah, 48-7 being the final in this one. But well, I think this is a game, and I think this is the first time this year, anyway. And we've had plenty of opportunities that Greenwood just came out flat and uninspired. Uh, I, I don't know if it had something to do with the rain or uh, what, but it, they just didn't seem like they were ready to play at 7:30 when we kicked the ball off. It seemed like they were in another land somewhere. I'm not even – I don't even know what to call it. I mean, because like you said, it, it, it's, it's very difficult to do. I mean, you, do a, you do a lot better job than I would be able to do at it when it gets down like that. But you have to stay positive. You have to stay focused. And I don't, I'm not going to say they weren't ready, but I just think that Greenville hit them really quick with what they knew they had. Um, discipline, they still had the number of penalties that they always have, so that shouldn't have been an issue with, with that. That shouldn't have gone into play. But when you get down that much that fast, I don't know what you really can do. I mean, you can, you can almost just try to run it, run a clock, get to the half, and go in. And, and when they came back out, they still were 
pretty in pretty good shape. And I mean, we weren't we weren't tackling. It was it was just the fact that they threw those little screens across the middle, just like North Augusta has been able to do, and some of the other teams have been able to do, and they scored quick. Well, and you mentioned that we weren't able to tackle. That's that's the whole story. Yeah. Um, it started from the reverse. How many tackles <laughs> did Mazio Bennett end up running through uh, over on that far left right side? I mean, he, he went over there and went through three tackles to begin with, if I counted correctly, um, and, and into the end zone. First play from scrimmage. And it was the same way uh, the rest of the night. We, we were missing ta- – I, I don't add up those tackles. I guarantee we missed over 50 tackles. I bet you'll find out in touchdown club tonight because that's the first thing Coach Butler's going to say. <laughs> he's gonna come to you and say, "Well, Tom, yes, I'm any." He's gonna probably put you on the spot. Well, the, the other thing too that I I was kind of disappointed in with Greenwood was that uh, when we did come out offensively, <clears throat> we we tried we kept trying to go for chunk plays, you know, trying to throw the ball thirty yards. Down. Now I know the first series we had, we were moving the ball well. <clears throat> we th- throw the ball 34 yards down the field, and it goes right through the receiver's hands. If he caught it, yeah, big play, we might have scored. It might have been a different ball game, but he didn't. But we kept going back to those the bigger plays. We never found a rhythm offensively, either running the ball or throwing it. We, we just did not get in sync. Uh, looked like we was running in first gear when we needed to be in second. But I don't know. It yep. was just it was just that game, and every team is going to have these games uh, during the year. But uh, I felt like all the other games Greenwood has had an opportunity in, uh, we've let some slip through our fingers. Uh, but this one, we didn't even have it in our hands. Yeah. And you know, going back to when Greenville played Westside, they Westside. Went ahead and, and they threw a majority of their big runs or big passes to uh, the Greenville side where Christian Henderson was. And Henderson was, I mean, he was the stud last Friday night for Greenville and the Raiders because if he had not, com- you know, played the way that he had played, Greenwood would have been up in this one or at least uh, equal touchdown for touchdown with this one. But Henderson played a fantastic game for the Red Raiders in that regard. And, um, you know, he was kind of the guy they were going to pick on. Greenwood was going to pick on on the night. Um, I would have liked to have seen them probably run uh, a little more uh, like they did against Berea, some of those little screen outs to the flat and things of that nature. Um, I think a lot of us were expecting that, and that never really developed. Well, that and the little five-yard slants and the little Mm -hmm. quick outs. Uh, something to build rhythm within the offense, and, and we just didn't do it. We'd run here, and we'd run up the middle. We might get a yard or two. Next play, oh, well, let's throw it 20 yards down the field and see if we can get No, that didn't work. Okay, well, let's go back and run it up the middle again, and we get two yards, and now we got the punt. You're in a situation, yeah. though, and, and like I said, I, I'm okay with what Coach Dean did. I, I don't mind it because when you're down – 27, 28 to nothing. It, you got to find something. You're not going to be the run the ball because if you run the ball, you're going to clock, and that's what they want you to do. I get to understand him getting your identity back out there, doing what you want to do, but you got to have a chunk plays that's going to open up the easier plays. We had a couple dropped, and then there were a couple that were overthrown. And like I said, Henderson did play a really good game because he got burned on two or three. But at the end of the game, he played his heart out. But Coach Dean, man, you just keep doing what we're doing. But we got to come out. And, and like we always say, I've got Jim Snell saying enough. Because if you looked over there, right where you kick off, he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, punch him in the face. Let's go. Let's get a, let's get a win here. We just they jumped us so fast, and it's, that puts you. That's almost like us being 
and Abbeville, when, when Abbeville got down so big to Pendleton in that front, second game of the year, mm-hmm. they're not a passing team, they're a running team. And they had to throw the ball to get out of that game with a win, and they did. I mean, we're we're pretty much set to be a running team, but defensively, Greenville had some big studs up there too. So, you know, props to them because, like I said, this this was almost as bad as last year. Last year was what seventy sixty six to seven. So, I mean, this wasn't as bad. Score wise, a little bit worse, but that's two years in a row that Greenville's had our number. I still don't think they're going to go anywhere because you still got your Northwesterns, you still got your South Florence or West Florence. Uh, you got your Irmos. I mean, you got a lot of really good teams out, so it'll probably come down between them and Northwest yeah. for upper state. Well, what about the rumor that uh, Greg Porter is is going to Lawrence or wants the Lawrence job? I mean, that. Uh, he, I mean, he's been turned down twice for Lawrence. We know he was up for the Greenwood job as well. He got turned down for that. What makes the the Lakeland so appealing to him that he wants that job? Well, was well, it the success that Chris Liner had under there? Well, historically, he's he's never been and stayed at, uh, you know. Any school really past maybe five, maybe six years. He runs years. through the talent kind of. Yeah, yeah, he runs through the talent that's there, and then he packs up his bags and leaves. Um, you know, he was at Hillcrest. He played Lawrence. He's been at Greenville. He's probably played Lawrence. He knows there's talent in Lawrence. So the thing about the thing about it is though, he's got to realize he's got to go mind where he's at because. For some reason, they still allow him to do what he does. He still loads that bus up every morning, go pick some players up, and feeds them breakfast, signs them up to a contract, and, <laughs> and so and he gets away with doing it. He's not going to be able to do that, Lawrence. That's not going to be tolerated or or even conceived. Yeah. And I just think I I think it's just a rumor um, because I'm going to tell you I think what Coach Smith's done in the last two or three games at Lawrence. He could have easily just <laughs> shut this whole program down and said, "Look, we hadn't won any games yeah. to start with." We just don't have the talent this year, and he's he's working around two or three different quarterbacks trying to take James Rawls' place that, re, that graduated. And I think he's done a really good job. I mean, they're not going to come out with a winning season either, but the fact that they're still trying and they're fighting hard game in, game out against some really good football teams is what I think Lawrence, the principal and the athletic director, got to look at. Yeah, they're 2-8 well, and eight overall right now, but more importantly, they're 2-2 two and two in region yeah, play, and they're yeah. sitting in third place in third, their region. So. Third right. And still just fighting like, for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They go along with that. All right. Um, Emerald Vikings – Congrats. Big win for them. They come up with a 49-35 victory over the Union County Yellow Jackets in this one. I was glad to see A.J. Anderson get moved back to the fullback spot, and he ended up uh, combining for, what, he and, and, and Key Holloway, five, six touchdowns? Something that like that, yeah. uh, But, I mean, having him at that fullback spot or that running back spot, uh, his freshman year, he was he was like a Kevin Harris for South Carolina. He would run through uh, defensive lines, and I think we saw that against Union County in returning to what he likes to do best. This is a situation, Tom, and I'm, we're about there, too. Let me push my chair on back against the wall because Greenwood's close, but their back was against the wall. They needed this win on that night. And Coach just went in there, and like I said, I, I love the fact that it, there's no quit in this football team. And that one win, Stan, what does that promote? That it, second one coming. Kind of. So don't be stunned if these kids don't get on a run. And I think, were, were y'all doing the games when Coach Hill did that? Yeah. Y'all were doing well, the games? No, when, we wasn't doing the games then. It was the year after that. That, where they, that was the year they went to the state. Yeah, they lost all the games, yeah, and then well, they got on that roll, and they, they made got the on state. A roll, yeah, yeah, and and won That's the what state I thought like with that a seven and five yeah. record or something like that. That was yeah. in ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, but you could uh, very easily see this yeah. happen with this team. Well, we said all all season that this is the 
the best team, best 3A team in the school without a win. I mean, they were just snake bit. Uh, I think the the football guy showed on them, and next thing you know, we got a coach that's the FCA coach of the year, so we know he's got the program headed the right direction. The boy said, we're not going through this season without winning a ball game. Coach just got coach of the year. Let's go win a ball game for him. And they went out and put a complete game and won the ball game. So now they know what it feels like to win. They like that feeling. It don't get easier, but it's, they still got to play a lot of football left. But, yeah. I mean, they got they got a big game Friday, don't they? They yeah. got Clinton Friday right. at Emeralds, of oh. all things. So. Fountain's bringing the boys Clinton down. ended up beating Chester on Friday yeah. night. So, yeah. uh, with that, uh, when you look at their region, if I can go down here, and Clinton is is winning the region right now. Pretty much Clinton said if they if they beat Emerald in this regard. Otherwise, uh, Emerald beats uh, Clinton. It ends up being a two way tie with Chester and Clinton. Woodruff is in third. They got the tiebreaker over Emerald. Both those teams are yep. one and two in region play right now. Uh, and Emerald's got the four spot, whereas Union County is going to find themselves sitting out once again. And like I said, when you when I told you the other day, well, that's not going to be a bad sign. But I think you did tell me that's you know you got a tough game in that playoff spot if you do make it because you would play BHP. You said yeah. Well, BHP and Ren are tied for that okay. one spot they played this Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> M- much like much like ninety six so, in Abbeville yeah, is coming, yeah. and it's we're going to see a lot of changes in the playoff. I mean, we can go right now. You can go and you can put out. Well, this is who this one's playing, and this is who that one's playing in the playoffs. And then Friday night happens. Yep. And uh, next thing you know, oh, well, we got to scratch through that one because they moved here. And you're going to see teams that were maybe tied for first end up in fourth. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is, the Wren's defense is as good as BHP's. It's their yeah. offense that they lack at. Um, even though they've scored 180 points, BHP's put up 211. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but both of them have given up 56, 53 points respectively in that regard. So th- and that much makes that one so much fun is – how, you know, best against and, best, and they're and they're kind. Of, that's kind of a rivalry game. They're kind of close in proximity. They're not through the woods. It's not a long way to get from one school to the other. Just so, cross I eighty five. It's right there. Do. And uh, I don't know that Bears den is pretty tough to come out to play in when you're the favorite if team. You're as it is. That, if you're playing in Belton, and you're your favorite team, so I yeah. mean, that's probably what would happen. Where's that game at? Rins or or be? Uh, I think it's at BHP this year. So. Okay. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yep. Um, let's talk about Abbeville in 96. Uh, 96 comes up to win over Chesney. 27-20. This one, um, uh, you know, 96 kind of went out there in the second half, and they went ahead and established the fact that, you know, they went up what, by 14, I think it was in the I second half. Chesney ends up coming back with a late uh, touchdown and, and an onside kick as well uh, in this one. But uh, Zay King, another big night for him. Brian Witherspoon had a touchdown to go along with that. But Braden Mitchell – um, did it with his legs. Uh, that was the big thing. He uh, threw for 69 yards, but down the ground, he was dynamic. He was Cutter Woods, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, kid, it's good to see him back from injury again. And like I said, Carver Davis has done what they needed him to do. He kept him in it this long. And like I said, anything freak happens in that situation. You don't have a – you got an experienced quarterback coming in and take his place. Uh, I just wonder who we see at Touchdown Club tonight. If it's King or if it's going to be. Yeah, well – well, one, you know, one thing with 96, too, is that uh, they we, we've known all season that they've got interchangeable quarterbacks up, and both of them are above-average quarterbacks, let's just admit it. We knew that Zay King is a 
above average tailback. The guy right behind him is above average too. Okay, so you say, okay, uh-oh, wait a minute. Coach Bennett does what? <laughs> what does he coach? I believe it's the offensive line. He coaches us big ugly. And the defensive lines. Uh, all of a sudden, 96 has got five big uglies on the offensive side and five on the defensive side that know how to play football. And hence the late goal line stand. <laughs> and they like, <laughs> and, and they, they're going to come and they're going to smack you in the mouth. So, uh, just Coach Bennett, the job he has done, I don't think anybody in 96 would have thought that they would be where they are right now going into this Abbeville game uh, with his hiring. Uh, he's just, I mean, it, it's like night and day down there. And I think those kids would run through that wall right there for the man. So we're going to. We got a good one coming. The, the one Saturday night was not an easy game, by no means. But like they've done for the biggest part of the year, they found a way to win it. Mm-hmm. And then the Abbeville Panthers is who they're going to match up with Friday night at Height Stadium. This should be a fun one. Abbeville ends up beating Blacksburg 49-7. to The difference here is, is Abbeville's defense seems to be a little stiffer than 96 offense, but uh, you can throw all those things on paper out the, out the window, window when something like this happens. But Carson Newman, another big uh, game for him. Uh, Demarcus Leach had a great game at quarterback, um, each having two rushing touchdowns in that one. Uh, you know, 42 points uh, in the first half, and then they scored uh, again late in the second half to go up 49-7 to seven in this one. But uh, And that's after a long road trip all the way to the other side of uh, Gaming. The other side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is the Abbeville team, too, that we have said this year. I mean, they've had two games that they had to go to overtime to win. When was the last team any Abbeville team went to overtime in any game? Let a lot, let alone two regular season games that they had to go to overtime to win. So uh, I think Coach Nichols and the coaching staff have made some changes that have made them a better team. But I still don't know if this is the Abbeville team of old, so to speak. Uh, we talk about them defensively. Yeah, they held Blacksburgers. Look, everybody's holding Blacksburg to nothing. I, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be get your tickets early and get there early. Top 10 matchup. Number say. 10, it's, 96 going to this number is gonna 2. This going to have to be our game of the week. I mean, there's no other game in the Lakelands that's going to compare to this one, yeah. I don't think. This this will have all the media uh, there along yeah. with that Ren BHP game. Yep. It'll be interesting. I'm excited, man, because you got two quarterbacks. That, and that's, how, that's where I'll give Coach Nichols the, the points right there is because he had to make a tough decision with with Tench with no Leach is the name right right and the kid they had playing it had a little bit of an injury and he wanted to play a bit more defense and when he made that change and they really had missed missed a beat with Norman there and and able to run the football like they're doing and and like I said Leach seems to be able to throw the ball a little bit too and that kind of helps him out but that game Friday is going to be crazy. Going to be it's going to be packed to get there early because if you want a seat, uh, regardless of which side you're on, if you want a seat, you need to get there early. Amen. Um, well, let's talk about the Saluda Tigers. They beat uh, Fox Creek down there in North Augusta, 28-10, the final in this one. Vic Gaines, big night for him. Three touchdowns. He had uh, 28 unanswered points for the Tigers to go along with all that. Um, and you look at Key Main, Brunson, uh, Brunson, 
he scored uh, as well in this one uh, late in the third quarter. But um, Saluda seems to have gotten back on track to a degree, uh, and this kind of a buildup, you know, they're ninth right now in the two-A polls to go along. And that leads me to another thing is, is all the Lakeland's two-A teams are in the polls. They're all top ten as of right now. And so with Saluda – can they continue on when they get to the playoffs? Because right now they're seeding um, at, uh, what, third? Something like that. Third. But, but I think, too, this is – They're second. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, look at the, the bottom line on this one. is Saluda came out of this game with a win and with no injuries. And they're evidently they're getting some people back at mm-hmm. the right time. So let's hope that Coach Young and that staff down there gets everybody back and – when they head into the playoffs, they're at full strength, and let's see what happens then. One thing about second place so far going into this thing is that's better Turlong Stadium. If you are them, you're going to have a home game. Yep. Yeah, it'll be, yep. it'll be at home. And man. so that, that'll be interesting to see who you get where. Because yep. uh, you know you figure Abbeville's probably going to have one, too. So. so Abbeville, yeah, Abbeville 96 will be yep. one, two. Chesney will be third, and that uh, Liberty will be number four. Um, and then in Region 3-2A, you've got Strom Thurmond, Saluda, Silver Bluff, and then Batesburg, Leesville, and Saluda play this coming Friday night. And that could be – That could change the standings. Yeah, that one could – you could go from second to fourth that easy. easy. Look at your top two, though. Look at those top that you just named. Every, you got Strom Thurmond and Saluda you got to worry about on that side, and you got Apple and 96 to worry about this week. I mean – Friday's going to be fun, fellas. Friday is going to be fun. <laughs> Unless you're Penn State, man, walking by. But anyway. <laughs> well, we'll, give, we'll give it to them. It was a, a little bit closer than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, Batesburg-Leesville for the Tigers is coming Friday night. We'll talk about that on Thursday. How about Greenwood Christian? They uh, invite Spartanburg Christian down to Victory Field. And 41-16, this game wasn't even close from the get-go. Uh Kate Heaton had another outstanding night. Owen Willington uh, in the end zone twice to go along with that. His stats just keep getting better and better. What about Oklahoma? You got his stats? I do not. Oklahoma's the only stats I got from match prep. <laughs> Oklahoma, who is Isaiah Scott. And like I said, I don't know how it works in that, but he's Palacios now. But anyway, eight carries, 205 yards, and four touchdowns is what it had on match wow. prep for that one game. So big game for him too so and like i said we've had him on here before as a basketball star so seems like that one year wanting to play football might might bring somebody else out and take a peek at this kid <laughs> yeah well you think the four touchdowns on the night would go along with that they had yeah that's a lot of scoring going on with those guys but they go back into region play they get to take on uh, orangeburg prep as they got to travel all the way down there uh, to the middle of the state for that one well and orangeburg really isn't as far as what, maybe a two-hour ride? It's better than prep or Dorchester prep. Or <laughs> yeah. It's not I mean, what you've been doing in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they, they'll welcome that little ride. Yeah. Go along with it. All right. Uh, McCormick, they come up with a big win over Calhoun Falls, 40-12 to 12, the final in this one. Uh, Cam Durant, uh, the hero, once again had uh, two scores to go along with uh, a 35-yard pass that he made to um, uh, Malachi Chamberlain. Um, and the Chiefs go on to win this one. And this is the funny thing about this region because you get uh, six, no, five. You get five, uh-huh. when I look at it, five entries into the playoffs to go along with it. So yeah. with St. Joe's losing uh, to Christchurch and, and Southside Christian this past um, Friday night, that put St. Joe's in third with Christchurch and uh, Southside Christian doing battle Friday night, this coming Friday night. Dixie right now is in that fourth spot. McCormick with the win over Calhoun Falls is in that fifth spot. But you look at, at 
what they're getting ready to do on Friday. Dixie plays at Calhoun Falls, and St. Joe's is at McCormick. Mm. This this whole the whole region could, could be, be just. Yeah. I mean, I mean, St. Joe's could drop to number three. I mean, number four, and with a Dixie win. And Calhoun Falls, don't count them out as of yet either because they're tied in that fifth spot, but McCormick owns the the tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. But if they lose to St. Joe's and Calhoun Falls wins, that props them. (laughs) I still say, man, take those three, the big three out, the privates out, and just look at the battle we would have. Yeah. If you take them out, because then you got the worst shoulders back in the mix, and then you got, I I don't, I mean, Coach Collier, I'll talk to you tonight about it, but I don't see them beating the St. Joe's team in McCormick. But, I mean, it could happen. Um, like I said, you don't ever know what's going to happen in football. Like I said, the weather could just line up just what you need, cold, rain. I don't know what we're going to have. But it's going to take something like that because St. Joe's does like to throw the football. I do know that. And I still – that's who I picked for that power three that we talk about, I, which is unusual because Christchurch definitely is a better team. And I, usually in the past we've chosen. But I picked St. Joe's this year, so we're going to see if they're going to pull it out or not. Well, they'll be on the road to start with if they yep. do. So we'll follow along there. And then the game we were at this past Thursday night, Thomas Ferguson had a career night when you look at it. Uh, what, three touchdowns? Yeah, three ended touchdowns. Up with, yep. uh, all through the air. <laughs> Boy, he did it uh, over that little corner. I mean, he, he found ways to find it, make himself open. But 45 nothing over the Anderson Cavaliers uh, football club to go along with that. They put another notch in the W column. Uh, in the process, but uh, they had two running backs over 100 yards, and, and Austin Wilson uh, was one of them, Brandon Nance being the other, at 141 and 109 uh, yards. So. Yeah, Wilson was and phenomenal on both sides of the ball. I was going to say, Wilson and Ferguson both played defensively, too. Um, Austin Wilson had some big hits. Thomas Ferguson, it seemed like every time the quarterback took the snap, the first person he saw was Thomas coming at him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, he was but, having fun, man. Yeah. It's just like it, there was a. It, it just wasn't like one blitz. It was like everybody just blitzed that middle, and Anderson just didn't have any kind of a comment for him. But when you're six five, man, I'm telling you, I'm vertically challenged at three five. But if you're six five, man, that's all you really got to do is get the quarterback to get the ball over the top and oh, let you yeah. catch it, man. And uh, so I, I'm telling you, I told you Thursday night. I think we'll see him at Touchdown Club tonight. So we'll see. I think he'll be invited. He'll be an invitee, so to speak. But this time on the offensive side, yep. last time it was on the defensive, <laughs> defensive side. So He just wants a meal, though. He could well, have been both. Well, he's, he well and, and talking to his sister the other night at the game, uh, Sam said Thomas was catching a little grief at the school <laughs> because of his two sisters and all the accolades that they are, all the accomplishments that they had in the school during their athletic careers there. And uh, it's it's time for Thomas to put, start hanging some plaques on the wall, yeah. too. And meanwhile, Samantha Ferguson is still getting the accolades. She picked up the playoff win <laughs> on uh, Thursday night to go along with that, and they're playing tomorrow night, I believe, I correct? So, yeah. Big so round still, number two. Still fighting. Yeah, in that regard. And then um, the only other game uh, to mention is Southside Christian. They uh, uh, took care of Ware Shoals 47-12 in that regard, uh, hence setting up that big matchup with Christchurch coming up this Friday night. Uh, Ware Shoals will have Thornwell, um, so they could probably get another, get another victory win. for them. Yep. Uh, to go along with that. But, um, you know, where Shoals, they started out on fire. We thought it was going to be another great season, much like 96. And uh, since then, you know, they, it, folks start 
pack, packing that box, and you got athletes that are uh, big enough to, to get into that offensive or defense or offensive line and stop those running backs coming through, um, and you know mess up the the blocking schemes. You can you can pretty much uh, uh, come up with a win against that uh, true double wing tight T. I still like Justice Lomax, man. He's still that name's still gonna be in the hat at the end of the year. But but you know, and we we alluded to it a little bit. But this this is easy for the high school league now. Okay, you take Thorne, you put them in the region with Ware Shoals, Dixie, McCormick, and Calhoun Falls. Take them other three out, and you still got a five six team region. Well, I had McCormick come in. McCormick's yeah, you had McCormick. I yeah, said McCormick. McCormick. Or not McCormick, so you, um, Whitmire, I'm sorry. Whitmire, that would, be, that would give you six teams in that region. I agree. I mean, I, I, mean, I, just, I just don't think you should ever combine soccer line high school lead and the word easy with nothing. Because that's the furthest <laughs> thing from the truth. What should be easy is not easy on that scale there, but that's another story. <laughs> but I, I do agree with you. And, I, and, I'm, and just like, you know – with St. Joe's and all these other ones, you can take – I mean, you've got three or four more Christian schools up there. One more is in Spartanburg we know of, and we got the one in Anderson could, could relatively move into that Well, role. you got High yeah. Point up there yeah. and a couple others. I, I mean, mean you got plenty that you lot. could mix with that. And you know, those teams might get mad too, but you got to find them a spot where they're at least competitive. Let's call it yeah. what it is. Yeah. You got to make it competitive. When you got those three there, there nobody in the Lakelands yet in in one A has played with these teams to where they, they you've had a couple score on them, but you hadn't had like every game is just like sixty four to seven. Well, I mean, just take the where shows. I mean, where shows scored twelve. Yeah, but it might be four field goals too. I hadn't checked. <laughs> but you know, it was still forty seven to twelve. Yeah. I mean, but to me though, that's still not what I would call competitive. I no, mean, it's not. It's because, not. Cause like I said, in a situation like that, when you've got those schools like that, I worry about the injury bug for these teams because the players are so much better. That, let's just call it what it is. They're so much better because of that. And I don't know if it's because they can go find some a player over here to take this guy's place or what. I don't know how that works in that. I don't really want to know. But <laughs> like I'm saying, I I just would like to see it a little more competitive for the teams. All right, uh, so that runs down uh, the high school action that we've got as of right now. Um, we'll run down the brackets for you a little bit better on Thursday uh, uh, once again. And then, of course, uh, next Monday we'll know who is playing Who's where and that type of a thing because there are a lot of uh, decisions that will be made this coming Friday night. A lot of region champions, a lot of folks vying for places uh, in the top four, top five, and we'll find out where they all kind of match up as of right now. I like it, man. We'll look at it. All right, we're in Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. B-Rat is in the house. He's already serving the coldest beer in town. It's at what right now? 33, 34? He's too busy. He's too busy working. Don't worry about it, bro. That's all right. They're better looking than we are. We understand. (laughs) Uh, But come on out. I had the... um, BLT sandwich today, absolutely delicious. I'll give you a chance to come out and try it. I told you I'm going through everything in the menu, so <laughs> nothing has been bad ever. Uh, it, nothing's been average. Everything has been over the top when it comes to these sandwiches here at Howard's on Main. I think BLT was what we told Clyde. He just it rolled off of him. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, Friday's a big night. I mean, because you got so many big games going on, and it's going to determine everything. You're right, so – all right, so let's move over to the college side because there was – Do we uh, have to? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I got to take a hit because Chaos took a hit this week. 
Can't stick a hit. Matter of fact, I've got a I got a special guy coming taking my seat right here. I'm going. I I have bartended before, so how would time we bartending? But uh, <laughs> be ready, going to take my seat, and talk about his tigers because I'm going to tell you something. As a gamecock, I have defended them all year, and I just don't know how to keep it up, man. I am running out of patience <laughs> with Clemson as a gamecock fan. But you're still in better shape than I am. Let's just say that. All right. Well, let's start with the team that won. How about that? <laughs> let's start with the Furman Paladins. Number three right now in uh, the rankings. They took on the number 14 team in the rankings in Western Carolina, at Western Carolina of all places in this one. Uh, and they did it on the ground. To quarterback Tyler Huff, 53-yard touchdown run with 54 seconds remaining to seal it off. 29-17 the final in this one. Um, fifth straight victory in a row for uh, Furman to go along with it. They moved to 6-1. and one but they more importantly take sole possession uh, of the conference at 4-0 and in the SOCON as of right now. That's a big factor in this one. Uh, 508 total yards that they had to Western Carolina's 353. Here's the kicker. Only 174 of that was through the air. The rest, 334 on the ground. Um, and they held Western Carolina to 84 yards on the ground. And you can't run the football, you're not going to win, even though they had 269 through the air. Um and penalty-wise, penalties weren't really much of a factor. Uh, Furman had five for 60. Western Carolina had four for 32. I uh, I did get my takes from Dan Scott after we listened to I listened to the game like you did. And he's like, man, you do so much for the Dens on y'all's page. And I'm like, yeah, Furman, they do a lot of great stuff, golf and everything else. And I said, he said, then why did you pick Western Carolina? I said, <laughs> It's chaotic. He said it was for you this week because don't ever go against us, man. <laughs> so anyway, Dan's got to hear you, man. Uh, and I probably won't go against you again. I probably won't need to. But uh, big win for Furman. You're right, a road win. And the thing is, how many times can we say in week, whatever we're in now, that they're as healthy as they are? Yeah. They haven't lost. But the one player they lost was, was a tackle. And he's already back. He's had like a little minor knee surgery, and he's already back playing. Yeah. So he was only out like six weeks. So, I mean, they they have remained healthy, and it's – I mean, I don't – they probably got Walford this week or something or the next Well, they week. got East Tennessee State. So. Okay. And they played well. I got a chance to watch them play this weekend too, and they're a pretty good football team as well. They just can't get the fans to come out at East Tennessee <laughs> State. That's, that's what the coach is barking at uh, Vinny. He's like, our, our, it's our stadium is a home game, and there's more fans from the visiting teams than there are at the home. We've seen that this year in high school, yep. so we're not going to say that. You know, that's, about that. that's up there in the Nashville area. You would think mm, there'd be a lot more of the mountain lot. folks that would show up. Well, that's probably a lot of the uh, – anytime you have a pro city, and uh, even in the south, uh, in the north, the pro cities, college football ranks way down the list of things to do on a Saturday, um, and probably the same up that way. But um, it was still a matchup of top 15 teams, and, and the stadium should, be, should have been packed. And I'm proud of, like I said, I'm proud of Furman because they went on the road and they got a really good win against yep. a really good football team. Yeah. All right. Uh, so congrats to them. Also, Coastal Carolina goes on the road. They come up with a big win at Arkansas State in this one, 27 to 17. More importantly, the words that you want to hear from head coach Tim Beck is, uh, Grayson McCall okay and be is, ready to is go. going to be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody's saying as of right yeah. now. And, boy, that was a scary hit. Uh, I mean, was. he took one helmet to helmet. How uh, Thomas wasn't ejected from that game, everybody's still questioning that because uh, it, it sure looked like it was an intentional 
targeting call. This one will be in the office today, I can tell you. When they got to the office, you had appeals from every probably coach in that league. Won't know how this kid wasn't ejected from the game. But uh, I won't call it a dirty hit because anytime you're playing football, I mean, you know, you're going to have that little – I mean, I don't know if it's definitely like crown to crown, but, I mean, you're going to have hits. But, I mean, from what I heard, it wasn't really a dirty, dirty hit. But you could tell it was crown, crown. I mean, so interesting to see. But like I said, if he, if they do determine he is in protocol, then I don't know who they played this week. But he would more than likely be off of that game unless they can figure – unless it's just like, what would you say, a grade one? Something like that. It's going to depend slight on the grade, grade of concussion. concussion. But, but any concussion normally is like protocol, and yeah, that's usually that, a week. Yeah, well, you're going to go – well, then it can go longer, and a lot of that's going to be determined by the – all the little tests, you know, how many fingers am I holding up, Tom? You say four, okay, you good to go. <laughs> I don't have a concussion. I can solve five right there myself. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, that and make sure the swelling's down. down and, and, they, and, I mean, there's a lot that, that goes in. That, that, uh, doctors, they'll have the doctors doing it, and that's the one thing that concerns me. And, and this is by no means a knock on the doctors in Jonesboro, Arkansas. But what kind of medical facilities did they take him to? You know, did they have a hospital? Because, you know, a lot of the smaller teams don't, towns don't have hospital. I mean, it's just like Edgefield don't have a hospital. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they got do. a hospital. Edgefield's got no, a hospital. No, they closed it down, didn't they? No, no it's, 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 it's still for the self. Okay, well, <laughs> Due West don't have a hospital, and they got a football team. <laughs> That's so, true, but, but you, you know, always have it, an ambulance and, at this And you at have spot, an ambulance, so. and, and all the doctors, as you alluded to, they take the same test, and they have to pass and all that, but... It's it's the the other stuff that goes on with, within the hospital. What kind of machinery do you have? Do you have people that uh, on call right then that are there? Uh, I feel sure he spent the night in the hospital and had to fly back on the plane with the doctor or the trainer, whoever stayed with him. But that's the key, though, saying he did. Yeah. So if it was any more serious than what we thought, he would still be in Jonesboro, Arkansas, or right now. Either either that, or they would have told him you cannot fly. And a yeah. lot of pro, a lot of concussion, you do not fly. That's that's the big thing due to the pressurization and all that right. other stuff. So put him in a car and drive back that twelve, fourteen hours, whatever <laughs> it is out there. But uh, I wouldn't want that either. Just yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm glad for Grayson that uh, hopefully you know the man will be back Saturday ready to go. Yep. And prior to all of that, he became the 146th player in the FBS uh, to eclipse 10,000 career passing yards uh, in the process of all that. By the way, um, what he went 28 for 28 for 240 or 24 for 28 <laughs> yeah. for 244. You miss four passes and then you get a, a ride to the to the hospital. <laughs> but I mean that's just how solid he is. But hey, give like like Stan said, give Jerry Guest a, a a pat on the back because he came in and he, he just said, hey, you got a lead, don't lose it. And then yeah. he didn't lose it. I mean, you do what you got to do just to get that game over with, and and that's what Jerry Guest did. He, and like I said, he's a senior also, so you had senior leadership on top of it. He'll have good backup. It yep. does. <laughs> and they get the win on the process of all yep. of that. So, that more importantly, uh, they return back uh, to uh, Conway this coming Saturday, and they got a tough one. Um, a lot of folks hoping that Grayson is going to be ready to go because they got to take on the thundering herd of Marshall. Really tough. And like like I said, the one thing I do like about Marshall is the fact that Kim Fancher is their quarterback, and he's already – like I said, he's probably up to 2,000 yards now. I didn't see what he did over the weekend. but uh, So, it'll be a matchup of really good quarterbacks, but Marshall's defense is what leads them. and So, they're, they're a good football team. They're where they should be. And, 
And it's gonna, it's a game that you really are going to need Gary and McCall to do anything. So uh, let's hope he gets back and he's able to play. But if not, you got to coach Beck's going to come up with some kind of game plan to run the ball. We got plenty of running backs at Coastal. That's plenty, for sure. Plenty of running backs um, and plenty of wide receivers that so, know what to do when they catch it. Yes, yeah, I know Sam. What was Sam's stats in that game? Do you, do you have his stats? Um, I can. Yeah, I do. I don't. I probably wrote them somewhere. The first time they called his name, though, was for <laughs> offensive pass. <laughs> I shouldn't ask about Sam. Well, that, that was on a crossing route. and You know, yeah, he bumped the, the other guy, but uh, I understand why it's in there, but uh, I didn't think it was an intentional block. No, Sam um, – Got a four catches for twenty yards and a touchdown. Held him down, but he still got that one TD that he needs. And yeah. Max Balthasar is continuing to get better at running back as a freshman, so uh, it's looking good in, in Conway, man. As far as like next year too. So, well, I'm I'm looking at the receivers that Grayson threw to, and yeah. this is how he spread it around. Uh, Brown had four receptions for fifty-seven. Tucker had one for forty-three. Beasley had three for thirty-seven. Uh, Depleus had four for thirty-seven. Um, Carr ended up with three for 31. You had Pickney's four for 20. And Alamel had three for 19. So, I mean, there wasn't one particular receiver he was going for. He spread around everybody. And that, and that was all receivers. That was not you Braden, got, Braden Bennett coming out of the backfield. No, but Beasley would that, be a running back. Well, Beasley and, and uh, the Brown. The, but they, the they're all going back and yeah. forth. They're playing in slot and other different spots on the yeah. field. So. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's how you that's how you pass the ball around. That's what you want. That's how you're tw- what twenty four for twenty eight. Yep. That's how you get average like that. <laughs> High percentage passes. Go along with it. So big win for them. We're looking forward to this Marshall game. We'll break it down on Thursday for you. Yeah. Uh, Erskine, boy, I'll tell you what they came out on fire to start off with, and Greg Pender ended up throwing a couple touchdown passes early in that first uh, first half. We were up fourteen seven going into halftime. And then uh, Virginia uh, Wise comes back, ties it up at 14 apiece. Um, then a field goal by uh, Dylan Buford, 47-yarder, by the way. Uh, found a, a nice punt there, or a nice kick there. Puts him up 17-14. Uh, Wise turns around, ends up getting a touchdown run, 21-17 at that point. And that's kind of where we stood uh, as the final being 23-24 to in this one. But... Um, you know, take out the third quarter. This is an entirely different ball game. Two games in a row, one point loss. No, no, no 20, oh, this okay. is an eleven point you. loss. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I've seen my last week. Thirty-four, twenty-three. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But uh, you know, not not the closing the, the gap beatdown <laughs> that they had last time. Pender, by the way, uh, Craig was eleven uh, of twenty for one hundred thirty-four yards there. Um, you look at uh, uh, the leading receiver, that being Johnson. He had uh, uh, one catch in the first half and two in the second for 44, with a 44-yard touchdown to go along with that. And then uh, their leading tackler again, Landon Ziegler, 14 tackles on the night and a pair of fumbles to go along mm. with it. He's going to win it with a bunch of tackles at any year. Like I said, I want to get off that snide. They need that. They need to pull that Emerald Magic and get them a win, man. Yep. So we'll see what happens. They got uh, Tusculum. Oh yeah, um, uh, this this one will be a, this one will be a fun one for them. Tusculum, of course, is sitting right now at the top uh, of their conference in in the sack to go along with it, and it'll be back at JW Bab Stadium. So, want to see uh, a couple of teams go at it this coming Saturday, and you get a little frustrated with the, 
the way the Tigers and Gamecocks are playing, hey, I would take a timeout and go watch this game. Hey, we got A&M this week. I'm not even worried about it. I may, I may be headed to the beach to see Marshall. <laughs> you going to say that would be a good game. Yeah. yeah that's going to be the game to go watch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, flip a coin. Tigers, Gamecocks. Where are we going I'll start. Let's start my Gamecocks because right. i got two words for you. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Well, before you get into that, here's Shane Beamer's Sunday night, uh, night calls, what he had to say concerning the game on Saturday. Looking back at it, guys that played well uh, defensively, we felt Debo Williams certainly gave us an opportunity to win. Uh, offensively, Trey Knox and Nick Harbor, uh, we felt had really good games for us. And then special teams-wise, Mitch Jeter and Andrew Colasurdo did a really nice job. Um, injury-wise, I would say... It's a long list. Uh, We were worried about Mario Anderson coming out of the game. He will be fine. Uh, Trevon Ball and Tree both, um, you know, uh, had some injuries yesterday. I would say both those guys are uh, questionable for Saturday. Uh, Stone Blanton came out of the game well. Cason Henry is questionable. Uh, Marion Brown, I would say, is questionable. Vershawn Lee is questionable. And Xavier Leggett is questionable. And I'm not trying to be vague with you guys. That's literally where we are today. We got back last night late, and and then they were in the training room today. A lot of them, a lot of those guys are getting tests done today and uh, don't have the results back. And then, obviously, we didn't, uh, we, 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 uh, tomorrow is our off day. And then we come back in here on Tuesday. So certainly we'll know a lot more on Tuesday. And hopefully a lot of those questionables will be probables and not doubtfuls when I see you guys on Tuesday. Uh, looking back at the game, uh, no way, uh, nowhere good enough, obviously, starting with, with me as the head coach. Uh, offensively, we just weren't good enough. Uh, when we got in plus territory, specifically the red zone, you kicked away too many field goals. I think we had a first and 10 on, we had four different series, uh, of offense where we had a first and 10 on the 33 yard line in, I think we were on the 33, the 20, the 22, maybe in the five and, uh, got a total of nine points out of it. Uh, so that's tough defensively, not enough negative plays. Um, uh, we only, we had no sacks. We had two tackles for loss. And uh, we didn't have any takeaways. So that's a bad recipe. Proud of the response of our guys in the second half. Uh, like I told you guys yesterday, I liked our locker room at halftime. I liked the response in the second half. We just didn't make enough plays in the second half. Um, uh, you know, people can say we weren't ready to play. Uh, we came out and got a three and out on the very first series defensively. And then we went down the field offensively and, uh, you know, had a chance. We're in field goal range, had a good call. We thought on third down, we took a sack, uh, made a tough, made a field goal really, really tough at that point and uh, got zero points out of it. But, you know, our first two, our first possession offensively, first possession defensively, we're good. Um, and then for whatever reason, kind of got on our heels a little bit after that and in the first half, particularly that, uh, that starts, uh, starts with me. Um, you know, we got to continue to, get our guys in position to make plays. Uh, we continue to see young guys. You know, we mentioned Debo Williams as somebody that played well defensively. Easily, in my opinion, could have mentioned Jalen Kilgore. You guys are very astute 
Surprise, surprise, y'all didn't ask me yesterday, but I'm sure you noticed Jalen Kilgore played nickel for us yesterday. Um, that's pretty impressive for a true freshman to be able to come in and do that and do it at a high level. He made a lot of plays yesterday. Um, there were some times where he got matched up one-on-one uh, with their receivers and made some good plays. So, you know, to see him come in and do what he's doing, to see Nick Harbor play like he played. Nick played close to 60 plays yesterday and uh, did a really good job. So, you know, these freshmen, they, they got to continue to get better. Uh, the ones that aren't contributing right now, we need them to continue to come along and uh, confident that they that they will. So I'm back, um, back to work today. Uh, obviously disappointed with the performance yesterday, but uh, new week. And uh, let's see if we can keep grinding, which we will, keep working, which we will, and see if we can find a way to, to play well out in College Station on, on um, Saturday morning, I guess it will be out there. Uh, All right, so there you have uh, Shane Beamer as he got ready to address the media on Sunday night conference calls to go along with all of that. And then he, he brought up some valid points, um, but he didn't really talk about the real issue that was there. I mean, He did. He did. He has finally taken blame for this football team, and that's who the blame goes to. It doesn't go – you can put on Dowell Loggins all you want. Dowell Loggins couldn't coach a high school team probably. I mean, I love the injury factor because we're we hurt. I yeah, mean, and I don't mind all that. over the field. But the fact that he continually says that our defense is playing at a high rate, we gave up 418 yards, Stan. How is that a high rate of anything? Nick Harbour finally plays like he needs to play, and we're, we're going to break him in lightly. Now they, there's no other choice but to throw him to the wolves. Come on. I mean, I was glad he, he took the blame for it. He, he deserves it. Rattler played a game of his life, and I don't even like Spencer Rattler. He had 217 yards, but he got sacked six times. Mario Anderson carries the ball. How many times do you think, Stan? What many? Twelve. You can say that defense but, for, for them uh, is really good. But, but I, I mean, think, too, they said Mario kind of got uh, nicked up a little bit. I guess would be the coach's term. Uh, another one that I thought, and he, he didn't really mention Knox and the injuries, but – Toward the end of the game, that young man was hurting. He took a pound and, and uh, made some big plays for us. But uh, I imagine he was one of the first ones in the ice bath Sunday They morning. were all in the – even the but, kicker because he, yeah. he had the win points in the game. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's tough when you have that kind – and you look back at the injury list, uh, all of a sudden you lose your starting left tackle. Well, you have to move your center out to left tackle, move your right guard to center, and now you got an, you know, I mean, it's just a who's who on the offensive line. And you wonder why Rattler's got six sacks. Well, that's why. Um, so, yeah, injuries, um, I agree with you, Harbor. I really, I think he showed what he could be on the one backwards pass that they had to him. And his acceleration over five yards, I mean, he was gone. And, I mean, now, he got tackled. It wasn't a big, huge play. But to take the ball from where he caught it to where he ended up, he got there pretty quick. And there were some Missouri people looking like, uh-oh, this guy has got some speed. And, of course, 6'4", 250, running like that. <laughs> running like that, you know, you don't want to give him too many shots. He also had but, rushing uh, yards, as I know. Well, that was the rushing yards that yeah. he got. And see, I'd like to see that. Backward pass. I'd love to see that because I'd love to see him. But in it a was reverse. like it was like a wide receiver screen, but 
instead of, well, we still didn't get him blocking, but he was just quick enough to run past it. <laughs> I want, I'd like to see a wide receiver version with him, just bring him yeah. from the end and let him get the ball on a pitch or whatever and let him go because yeah. he's got that speed. Everybody talked about loser burden in this game. Our defense held him down. I mean, he didn't have yeah. a big game at all, and he's been leading the SEC in yards. I mean, I, I hate – like I said, but I, I think that's what, that's guys, what but. Coach was talking about, that we're stopping the big play guys on some of these teams, but we're letting other people beat them. That quarterback beat us with – running because we didn't keep contained. That's on the defensive line. I mean, you got to – we didn't get pressure on him. He says we didn't get any sacks, but uh, the quarterback threw a few balls away. He threw them to the sideline. Yeah. I mean, there was no yeah. – Brady, Brady uh, Cook was running for his life, life at times. Yeah. He's hurt us like three years. No. I'll be but, glad to see him go. But, but the coach, guy is, that, coach is right too, though. I mean, you can't swap field goals. You know, for touchdowns. To That's never touchdown. been the case. But you've got to get touchdowns. In our case, you got to get points when we got them, and we had to get the well, six. Well, I think I understand why he kept the field goals because he trying to keep it at least a one to two score ball game, and that's what it was. At the end of the game, it was a two score ball game. If you go down and score two touchdowns, you win. So, you know, I all these people that are complaining about kicking four field goals, no, he did. He made the right call. You got to have the points. That's the man yeah, on yeah. your drives. Yeah. Cody Schrager's who beat you in this game. 26 for 159 and two touchdowns rushing the football. He, he's done that all year, and then we just didn't have an answer for him at running back. So, But like I said, we held Burton down because, like I said, he only had three catches. So. Well, and, um, Stone was a little bit dinged up. Uh, he's been hurt most. Stone Blanton's been hurt most of the year. And that's that baseball guy. We got to really yeah. keep him healthy. Well, now Dial, they only tried to throw that Dial one time. I think. I mean, he. They're going to learn away. about him. Yeah, they, they've already <laughs> learned about him. That's why nobody's throwing anywhere close to him. So, uh, but Fortune and the other guys back there are getting valuable playing time. And just like with the freshman going in and playing nickel. Uh, that's a tough position to play. And he got matched up with some SEC caliber wide receivers that are not down there on the bottom of the list. These were some cats that can play. And he held his own against them. So, But we still lost the ball game. Uh, we got no blocking on the offensive line, but injuries – I think this injury bug jumped on Carolina about like the turnover bug jumps on Clemson. Well, you're it not leading the nation. And it, and, and it gets bit, 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 bit. Uh, yeah, Clemson leading the nation right now in turnovers. Um, not a stat that you want to publicly highlight. And Dabo has, has kind of but the deflected thing, questions about that, uh, knowing it's an issue. And, well, and he can't explain. None of us can explain why the turnovers are happening. I'm not worried about that one as much as I'm worried about you being – you know, Clemson, here they sit with the offense that they've got. With the turnovers that they have, they still were ranking like number five in the nation and getting the ball in, into the red zone. Yeah. But they get the ball into the red zone, that's great. And you figure, well, if you're ranking number five in the nation, get, that's how many times you're getting the ball into the red zone. But then you look at that stat, how many touchdowns you score off of it or how many points. And you're down there about 120 something or 118, whatever it is. That's not good. That's worse than the turnovers, <laughs> in my opinion. 
Yeah, <laughs> the turnovers really hurt Clemson oh, in this man, one. Double yeah. overtime loss, um, 28-20 to 20 against Miami, a team uh, that everybody <laughs> feels they should have beat. And, and I'll, I'll give Especially Miami. should have beat them because their number one quarterback is sitting on the bench yeah. in street clothes. And you playing a freshman that's just starting his first game. And that freshman had the game of his life to <laughs> go along with it. And well, I think that goes back to the offensive coordinator and calling, it calling, calling it and making it easy on him. And just putting – really, they put this game on the offensive line and the defensive line shoulders and said, go win the ball game for us. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Clemson could not run the ball. Well, but is, they kept trying. Yeah. I'll give them credit. They kept trying. They kept trying. The, the thing here with me is, in, in watching the last three games, four games, um, you know, I went back mm-hmm. and, and, and just to see if it was me, I went back yeah. and, and, and kind of fast-forwarded through those games. Um, the Clemson running backs, Maffa and Shipley, uh, they're not hitting the holes like they were at the beginning of the season. They're getting up to that line of scrimmage, and they're dancing. I mean, uh, you know, looking for – I don't know, daylight, something of that nature, rather than going ahead and pushing through and trying to make your own holes. And that has been part of the issue, particularly at the goal line uh, that we have seen. You know, usually you get a two-yard push, something of that nature will get you in the end zone. Here you're barely getting a half a yard, uh, mainly because you're stopping at the line of scrimmage, waiting for something to happen that isn't happening. Well, I think we've known all along that uh, Clemson, as far as the offensive line goes, the, the weak spot or the the spot that was giving them the most trouble was the right guard spot. They had they had not found a fit to go there yet. All the other spots they had covered. No you know, no qualms about who they had. It was just that one right guard position. And I don't know, maybe they can find it and get it straightened out. But uh, this game and it really surprised me when I t- first flipped the game on um, and I saw Van Dyke sitting in street clothes. I said, I almost turned the game to go back and finish watching the Coastal game. I said, Clemson's not going to have a problem with this game because Miami's going to be starting a freshman quarterback, and a freshman quarterback against this Clemson defense is going to be a mismatch. Give it to Clemson. Let's get on the bus and go home, Gus. But uh, it, it turned out totally different. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, I mean, you still look at it. Clemson had a chance to win the ball game. Through the third quarter, they were up. They just did not finish the game. But why? Because Miami came out there and punched them in the mouth on both sides. This ball game was won at the line of scrimmage. And, yeah, Clemson ended up with six sacks. Well, who do you blame that on? Offensive line. Uh Clemson could not run the ball. Offensive line, you know, Miami could run the ball. I mean, they had over 200, what, like 230, 40 yards of rush offense. You don't need a quarterback to put up 300 yards when you can rush the ball for uh, for that kind of yardage. The fact that they were able to run is what set up that quarterback for having such a good yeah. Actually, it was the other way around. The passing game set up the running game because a little bit. they came out and they didn't run the ball no. in the first quarter. It, they were throwing the little screens and letting the uh, – Trying to spread, spread it out. And they did a good job of that. Now, Xavier Thomas, could it have been a different factor with him not yeah. being in the game? Yeah, yeah it could have. But, you know, they were not their starting quarterback. You were without your starting mm-hmm. tackle mm-hmm. to go along with that. So, I, I – 
I don't see that as being much of an issue. I, th- I think Clemson has a lot more problems um, than folks are letting on over in the Clemson camp as of right now. And, and well, it's they becoming got, epi- they they got becoming, out physical Saturday. They did, and they were predictable. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, they would line up, and I said, they're going to run this. And sure enough, they ran it, and Miami would stop it. And I'm like, if I'm calling that, yeah. Something's you, wrong. Hey, you need a pay raise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the last time yeah. I checked, you wasn't making ten million a year. Uh, well, as are Jermaine you? Funny Man says, I, I'm a fanalist too, and, yeah. and if yeah. I'm doing that, we've got bigger issues yep. to go along with that. Yep. We saw that when uh, you know with some other coaches as well when mm-hmm. I, when that happens. But it's 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 not a good look. It's not a good feeling as of right now if you're a Tiger fan. I'll, not coming into the on, games you've got coming hold on into. Hold my brakes real quick. Man. <laughs> I think they. I think my brakes are gone. I'm out of fluid or whatever. I, Brake I, pads are. You still done. talk about how bad this team or how bad that game was. I mean, K. Clubnick, man, eighteen for thirty-four, three fourteen, two touchdowns, and the interception. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have it. Y'all both hit the nail on the head. Thirty-four rushes for thirty-one yards. Mm-hmm. So your negative yards are rushing, which is the, I can't tell you the last time I had that Clemson. The one thing the highlights you got to look at is you got a tight end. It is this week's player yeah. of the week. Brennan yeah. Stool did great. Brennan Stool. But had why didn't you throw the ball game. to him in the second overtime when you got first and goal from the three? Hold on, let me get Garrett Riley on the phone <laughs> real quick. He wouldn't answer my call early because he knows he don't want that job. But I mean, you threw the ball, to Tyler Brown. You threw it. You threw it around. Like I said, he, he had three hundred and yeah. some yards fast. I mean, I mean, we and we got in the red zone. We and, just fumbled it twice. And, and, and Mario almost gave you the game again because he was willing to play for an overtime that I just didn't see playing for. But you lost a game. I mean, it's, I mean, it was a road game. This team was ranked up until the other week. I mean, they're they're a good football team, but now you really gonna hit the the, the road as Sam was yep. talking about coming in, to where you're gonna really play a tough schedule the rest of the way through, and that's when you find out what time, kind of team you do have. So, I, more thing that concerns me is the fact that for some reason we still don't have quarterbacks under center when you're at the goal line. I, I have got I've got to go with you either to talk to Coach Bennett or to call to Coach Adams Dean because I want to know the reasoning that you're willing if it's on the goal line or on the one yard line that you're willing to go to the six yard line if it's at the one and have a bad snap or have a, a direct snap to your quarterback and he trying to weave his way those five or six yards back when you just get under there and let him push you in at quarterback. I mean, you sit at the high school living, it drives me crazy that you still do it. I, I just don't get it. And then you look at somebody like the Philadelphia Eagles are using that the, the play is called brotherly push. <laughs> yeah. Well, we the quarterback just lines up under center. The two guards just pull out and get behind him and push him. Pick him up if his feet's not touching the ground. That's all right as long as he gets that yard. <laughs> I mean, we've done like I said, we've done Mario Anderson a couple times yeah. like that. They're they're not calling it. No. So uh, if they're not calling it, get under center. Take the snap and run the dabbling ball up the middle, and yeah, get a push and push him in. Bring the tackle back around. Let him yeah. get a push in there. Get get your big six, seven, three hundred fifty pound defensive yeah. offensive tackle come or line one up in the backfield. <laughs> go go to the old fullback formation where you oh we're gonna bring this defensive lineman in there because he's your guy. the biggest guy on Burning the field. Stoll. He's six six. He's two thirty. Yeah, put him in the backfield and say give me one yard. That's all I need from you, one yard. Or else put him in the backfield and let Shipley run right behind him or Moffa yeah. run right behind him. Yeah. I mean, push we're not we're not coordinators in. by no means, but I, no. Say here's, no, here's I a, still think with him, you got to try to throw the ball to him one time in the end zone. If you're into the second overtime, you know you've got to score a touchdown. You know you have not been able to run. The thing is, is they, they what had everybody is pinching in, in. What analyst is sitting in that Clemson box – 
telling the offensive coordinator, we can run the ball for a yard when you're minus 34 on the game. I mean, I mean this. I'm like you. I'm not a coach. But uh, if I'm calling the plays, I'm calling the working. plays. I'm, I might fake it to Shipley, and I got Klubnik on the rollout. But I got that six seven guy going toward the pylon at the back. Right. I know I can lob it up to him, and he can go get it. There's a, a bigger issue here too, and that's going to be a trust issue now with Cade Klubnik yeah. and the coaching staffs to go along with this. Um, you know, the fact that Dabo came out and said that was the play we ran. Yeah. I mean, he. He did not hand the it ball off. He, he decided he was going to take it and do it. He said, even Klebnik said that it had worked against Boston College. He saw it. Uh, but Boston College linebackers are not Miami linebackers. No. Um, uh, totally different. You know, and if you had, if, call a timeout. You had your timeout. Yeah. Call a timeout and go over and talk to the coaches about it, something of that nature. Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Would this work? Yeah. And see if they'd be willing to go with it rather than go ahead and, and make well, a call on your own. Turn it more into a give into an RPO. Yeah. Or put Moffa in the backfield, fake it to Moffa, run a pitch option to Shipley with Brennan Stewart going to the pylon. So now if that linebacker crashes down on your quarterback, he can pitch it you to Shipley. And Shipley walks in. Yeah, but remember we said with Klubnik, we want to take the decisions making, making away from him. And for him to see it and, and make that but decision But you didn't know anyway, that one because he made the decision he, he, on that one not to give it not to Not to him. give it. So, I mean, Catch I don't – you know, it is. And, and if I – particularly if I'm Garrett Riley, I'm thinking I, I can't touch my quarterback down in the red zone anymore. Yeah. I mean, at that point, do we start seeing more of a wildcat with Shipley and Moffa now or uh, bringing well, somebody in? I think in to, to, uh, with, with the Shipley fumble and the dancing into the hole with Shipley and Moffa, do you really trust them in a short yeah. line, situ goal line situation? I, you know? I don't know. I, as a fan, though, and, and my phone – uh, you know, with my Clemson Lit fans, up. it did. And they're, they're like, did you see? Did you see? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I saw the same thing you did um, in that regard. But it, it's, it's they don't trust him now. They no. they really don't. They don't know. They don't know what he's going to do. He's become an unpredictable quarterback um, as, as far as running the plays that you want to have run. And that takes away from the game plan of the coaches and what they have. I well, stole, and it almost kind of reverted I mean, back a little bit. Uh, some of his passes there were high. Well, is, you know, and I mean, he's 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 done as well. I, th I think he's done better than a freshman quarterback would have done anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah. In that regard. I just think that this one mistake that he made, though, uh, it could be a difference of him entering the portal come the end of the season. Well, this wasn't the only mistake he made. No, the well, fumble, I'm saying this the is fumble the that he had. And when he comes off the sideline and Dabo was trying to talk to him about you got to have ball security in that situation. And Klubnik just looks at him, kind of shakes his head and walks on and sits down on the bench. No. There's a disconnect. That, yeah. Dabo should have followed him right to the bench and, okay, you sit down now. You're going to listen. To, take your helmet off so you can hear what I'm getting ready to tell you. He's not Potter now. Let him alone. He's not <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just, I, I'm going to disagree with y'all on it because I don't think Klubnik's as bad of a player as he is. I do disagree with the fact that he's he's calling his own plays, but that's what you, every other – I mean, how many other coordinators you got out there at, at – well, we don't have one at USC, but at, at Notre Dame and other – I mean, how many times do you see a quarterback that's going to go out and he's going to see something, he's going to change his own play happens all the time. I think you got to give this kid an opportunity to go do it because rushing the ball is not getting it done. 
So it's going to be Cade Klubnik if you're going to win the game, unless you're going to figure a way to to get Shipley in that line doing a little bit better. So I mean, I, I I'm all right with Klubnik right now. I don't. I, I mean, when you got a quarterback throwing three a game, I mean, I'm not upset with him if he fumbles the ball. Bain's got four of those fumbles on a year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his first name. He's the one that forced the fumble and recovered mm-hmm. it. And he's got four forced fumbles on, on the year already. So he's just a defensive guy that puts a helmet to a ball. So. Yeah, well, I, I can see your point well, in that regard. I mean, yeah. he, he, between the 20s, he had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's got to get better. I mean, I'm, yeah. seriously, he's got to get better. So. All right, so that brings us to the question, did they earn their money? <laughs> <laughs> which okay. team we going to here? Yeah, which team we going I to? I didn't earn a dime uh, in Columbia. Coastal, <laughs> Coastal I'll, I'll give Coastal their money. They they went to Jonesboro and homecoming and, and came away with a win. And that's all you can. Grayson might uh, have needed his. <laughs> yeah, uh, Grayson was still, you know, 24 for 48 for over two, for around 250. I mean, that's, that's, that's your money. You know, uh, Sam. Targeted four times, 20 yards a touchdown. Hey, he did what he could do. I mean, he had a few blocks. I know he did have the one pass interference called on him, but we'll let that one slide. The running backs, <laughs> those guys just keep producing. And, and the, the number, just the sheer number of people that Grayson threw the ball to. He's going. He gets to earn his money just by saying, "I'm not zeroing in on one target. I got, I got ten that I can throw to anybody on this field that is a legitimate offensive downfield threat. I can throw the ball to them and know they're gonna catch it." Um, Clemson, you know, I'm gonna give Clemson his money, and I'm gonna give Brennan his. I'll give Brennan Stowe his. Now no the other doubt. boys better pay the lineman. <laughs> Shipley Moffa need to pay the yeah, lineman. Shipley and Moffa. I'll get Brendan Stool. Yeah. And, and like I said, this is hard. I'm a dag blame Gamecock fan. And I got to like, sit up here and defend the Tigers, man. Come up and throw my hat in. B Ray, where are you at, man? I can bark to you. He said like the rest of us, just in disbelief, <laughs> aren't you? As far as Clemson. Keeney Colbier, man. As far as Carolina goes, I'll give Rattler his money. Uh, he's still, I mean, running for his life, sacked six times, much like Club did, but. Uh, He's down now. His two best, well, three best receivers, if you take Juice Wells, Xavier Leggett, and Amari Brown. Those three are sitting over there on the bench. You're starting a true freshman in Harbor that has never played wide receiver in his life. And you got a few other guys that you recruited. Now, Knox, you tied in, yeah, he did get involved in the game, but. Uh, yeah, Omega Blake did not earn game. his Omega money. Blake, he, had, he got targeted no. nine times, caught two. two. He's a quarterback. But a, <laughs> but a couple of those, I will say, though, Rattler uh, did have some overthrows just like uh, Clubman did. Clubman did. He, has, he wasn't as accurate Saturday as I've seen him in the past. Rattler wasn't. And I don't know if that was due to the pressure that was coming on him or, or what. But, uh, yeah. When we hear back from Coach on Thursday, we'll see if we're going to make the trip out. I say stay at home. I will, and I will get. I will give the money to Coach Beamer, and the fact that he came on national television and said, "Look, we teach accountability in this program." I'm telling you, I kicked the cooler. I broke my foot. I'm, I'm taking accountability for my actions, just like I asked my players to do. And that, to me, that took, you know, 
a lot of coaches never would have done that. I give credit this week for saying it's on him because yeah. it is on him. Yeah, he, and he, he admitted it. He's the only yeah. coach that is on. We can sit back and we can talk about the offensive line coach, especially the coach who we love, a defensive coordinator. Hey, and he he earned his uh, money because they got the when the guy snapped the punter dropped the snap, we fell on it, yep. tackled him at the thirty three, but we couldn't put the three on the board because of it. So. Earning their money also for Furman, I'm going to give it to Tyler Huff. Huff he earned yep. every bit of uh, the money that he got yeah. uh, along with that offensive Roberto. line. Yeah, give Roberto. He yep. played a good game. Mm. And, you know, you go across the board. Out of all these – and there were some big football games this weekend, man. I, there's only a couple of them that earned their money. I'm just telling you right off the bat. You know, and then, you know, you got the situation out of Texas. Quinn Ewers is He's probably out. done for the year. Mm. Uh, so, now we're going to see how good Malachi Murphy on Jim Steele's it says this kid is because it's going to be on him now for sure. But, I mean, and like so, I said. Southern Cal took the loss to they Utah. Did. And that, that was the reason I came up with the NIL deal because Cam Risen is not going to play the rest of the year. So, that's going to mean he played one snap maybe to get the red shirt for his ninth year. I don't know what year he would be in, but Kobe gave him another year, and he's, he's going to take the red shirt. And now that's what I'm saying. I mean, at what point in time do we say as NIL, you're either going to play or you're not going to get your cash flow or give you truck back. Well, you know what uh, Phil said? They all got trucks at Utah. Yeah, Utah got trucks. He got yeah. to give his truck back in. He's going to have to ride a sled out there. So, <laughs> And that but, coming with a big game against Oregon is going to be the oh, game day yeah. uh, site uh, this coming Saturday. So should be fun. Oh, I got another quarterback for you, DJ Uwe. He earned his money. All right. So he had a good game. They – I mean, Stamper, Stamper. How Chris's chaos end up uh, overall? You know, the chaos time? was tough because I went crazy and I did. I, I did take Clemson. I thought that was an easy win, um, and I also took Penn State. And if, if the reason that Penn State loses these games is because their defensive coordinator is Manny Diaz, who was head coach at Miami, that is no good. <laughs> and <laughs> Ohio I, State's really good. Yeah, and I, I uh, we got to do something about officiating. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going. I'm not going. Just go you to put any the game. On? I, I don't. You know. I'm sorry, but I saw too many calls that you and I sitting in the stands, and both both fan bases on both sides to field knew what the right call was, but it it wasn't what the official made the call. Mm-hmm. And and when everybody in that eighty thousand seat stadium knows it, home and away. Uh, something's wrong. I ain't arguing with him. I'm, I'm going to let him something's roll with wrong. that. <laughs> and any official out there want to call and talk to me about it, I got plenty of questions I can ask you. Just uh, call what you see, please. Yeah, yeah call. Stick it. with your call. Stick yeah. with your call. If you call offensive passing, that's what it is. My God, don't get talked out of it. By, We're going to boo you. Who's on the other there. side of the field yeah. never really saw We're going to yeah. boo you either way. And, and the ones in the replay booth, you see it. Call it the way you see it. Don't, I mean, you can override the guy on the bottom, but if he's right, don't change his call. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. But, but like th- this goes from, this goes from, I don't know, I hadn't seen any middle school games this year. I'm sorry, I need to get out and see one of them. High school level, college level, 
even right. into the pros. This this gets getting out of hand. That reminds me Thursday night, uh, Brewer Northside right. at Greenwood Tim's High. Five thirty should be a lot of fun to get yeah. out there and see that uh, as well. Uh, and good we luck might have to, to go broadcast that we game. We might ball. have to. And best of luck also to the uh, Cambridge Cougars. Uh, yep. Hopefully, volleyball state championship will be theirs. The trophy coming home. Hopefully tonight as see well. See if I get that call for Thursday <laughs> with coach. <laughs> That's Dan Spivey, the coach. I'm Tom Carroll, along with Chris Cox. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great one. We'll